Hi, and welcome to the Audacious Health Podcast, where we dive into the wholehearted and imperfect cultivation of our own well-being and the health of our communities. No quick fixes, no shortcuts, just honest conversations to challenge and inspire you to maximize your potential right where you are. Hi friends, I'm your host Chauncey Carroll and I'm excited to introduce you to my friend Maria Valarezo. Maria is an entrepreneur. She's a general physician by title, but passionate about food and highly intrigued with behavior change and lifestyle health. Growing up in Quito, Ecuador, she learned about good food rooted in cultural and family practices. It was not until her last years of medical school that nutrition really started to resonate. Her curiosity has inspired her to expand her knowledge towards plant-based diets and the role of food in sports performance. She has her master's in sports nutrition with a focus on sustainable diets. Her nutrition health coaching business, Thy Food, Thy Medicine, was born out of her love for food and nourishment, plus a deep belief in food's role in preventative medicine. I'd also like to mention that Maria is a beloved wife and amazing mother to little Joaquin and, of course, for baby Bella. So... Welcome to the podcast, Maria. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yes. So you have such a cool background, uh, medical school, and then now you're Mm. in the nutrition space. And from what I know about medical school, there's not actually a lot of nutrition in there. So how did you get (laughs) turned on to this? Um, What made you passionate about nutrition? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think uh, it started with my love for food. I love food. Uh, and pretty early on, I was introduced to the kitchen, helping my mom over there. And then my dad loved to make these omelets with smiling faces, ketchup on them. <laughs> and so, I don't know, I grew up surrounded by food and family, fresh things done from scratch. Uh, from there, uh, I, I thought medical school was a great idea to help people. So I had a lot of interest into health and helping and curing and some nutrition but uh there as as you just mentioned during medical school you're not really thought a lot um so i my curiosity grew a little bit after i graduated and it actually came more when i started living with my husband and we started having these conversations about how our plates should look you know we were going to the grocery stores and we couldn't really get in the same page into what we needed to buy to make food (laughs) so he was more into calories are fine I was like we need more colors so (laughs) as we started talking about this I was like okay I'm gonna go look into the most evidence-based medical advice I can find about nutrition and food and just find the healthiest diet so I started learning a lot about it and I bumped into plant-based vegan diets whole foods and all of these things that we're going to talk about. So I was very surprised that uh, the medical community had already touched into this and a lot of physicians were already using it. And I was shocked by a lot of the information showing that you can prevent certain diseases or reverse certain diseases like diabetes or uh, high blood pressure or heart disease and all of those things that I wasn't thought that you could only use uh, medicines or surgery and that was it. So. A lot of this was pretty shocking and new. Yeah, that is so cool. Just the wide variety of, from the chronic disease, someone has diabetes, 
can start eating plant-based to mm-hmm. the athlete. But uh, for those of us that are new to plant-based, what does plant-based mean? So a plant-based diet, uh, you, you can divide the world of food basically into into parts, like either products that come from plants or products that come from animals. So animal-based or plant-based. A plant-based diet focuses on making your plate the most plant savvy as you can and minimizing the most you can uh, animal sources of food. So meat, dairy, and eggs, that, that you would try to avoid those or minimize. And uh, the term that I like more, and it was coined by uh, Dr. T. Campbell, uh, it's a whole foods plant-based diet. And I like it because everything is in the name. Like you want to be eating the least processed kind of uh, foods. So whole things <laughs> uh, made from scratch. Uh, you want to be reading a nutritional labels and trying to find things that have one ingredient. And that's probably most in, mostly in the grocery section. So where your fruits and vegetables are. Um, so what are the things that are in a plant-based diet? Uh, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, uh, legumes, and inside those we have beans, uh, lentils, chickpeas, soybeans, and peanuts because those are actually legumes as well. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's it's the the nutritional spectrum, I guess. They also have a little bit of fat more than the rest of the legumes, but they are classified as legumes. And um, what else? Uh, you want to drink mostly water and nuts and seeds and as i said minimize the amount of animal products you want to have in the diet and try to focus on humanely raised animals so Mm -hmm. grass-fed limiting antibiotics as i say to my husband just like a happy cow or a happy chicken okay so bottom line plant-based eat real food minimally mm. processed food which would be arguably different than a vegan diet because mm-hmm. you could eat probably doritos and drink beer and yeah. still call yourself a vegan i mean oreos are vegan i was shocked <laughs> by they? that and yeah you 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 can get you can fall into the category of junk food vegan Mm. Which is not healthy. It's a, a lot of sugar, a lot of processed, a lot of fat. So I stick to the whole thing. Sure. So just as because it says vegan doesn't mean it's healthy. It does Should not. not have a health halo effect. No. So I'm curious about um, the evidence on how this might benefit an athlete, someone that is exercising a lot maybe training for a goal or maybe even just like the weekend warrior that wants to be able to go and hike where, you know, wherever they want to, how would eating plant-based help them out? Mm -hmm. So uh, to start with uh, benefit, the the main benefits from a plant-based diet uh, that an athlete can have are the same benefits that a normal other person could have. So reducing, reducing all of those chances to get you a chronic disease. uh, And in general, everything is summarized on like, lower mortality, you're not going to die as soon as you could. So um, the other things uh, that are important to know, and there's a couple of studies that have touched into this information, is that elite athletes or people that are straining very hard put their body into a lot of strain. And uh, athletes, are they are healthy, but they can also have diseases. So they are more likely, because of the type of exercise they do, 
to have myocardial damage and atherosclerosis. Mm. There was a study, mm. uh, Dr. Barner did this, and they analyzed a couple of middle-aged to older men that were doing endurance, so cycling and running. And I don't know the number for this, but from that group, 44% of them were found to have coronary plagues. Wow. So athletes in, in general health has to be linked with, yes, exercise, but also nutrition. Huh. So if you're a super athlete, but you don't eat well, it's it's not going to end up good for you. Oh, I feel like, yeah, you always <laughs> hope that you can out-train your bad diet, but you're basically yeah. saying no. Like, uh-uh. you can't just eat whatever you want, even if you're an ultra-endurance athlete. Yes, exactly. So uh, you're going to be surprised. Well, if up, not up to now you've been living out of pizza, that's been fine because you train very hard and you compete and you're good. If you change your diet, you're going to find a lot of benefits and among those. A uh, plant-based diet help you to keep a, lot of, uh, a lean body mass composition, so help you lose some weight, especially fat. Uh, and this could be important for certain sports where it matters, but we have to be careful because a lot of athletes actually under-eat, and that's a, mm. that's a big issue, so we don't want to uh, go into eating disorders. Um, so some studies have shown the differences between a low-carb diet and a low-fat diet. People lose more weight when they are on a low-fat diet, Uh, and it's maintained for the longer term. So among some of the precautions with low-carb diets, uh, this is one of the things that you should know that you're going to benefit more from a low-fat diet. Um, Because I love carbs. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) They are a very important part for a plant-based diet, and also for, for your muscles. Uh, muscles are primarily fueled from carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that your your muscle can contract, it's because it's taking out energy from ATP, and that primarily came from glycogen. And glycogen is just a bunch of sugars or carbohydrates linked together and stored in your muscles. So that's going to be your primary source of energy. And dep- depending on the sport that you are, you're going to tap into those resources and use them either fast or in a long period of time. So the most important fuel an athlete need is actually carbs. Hmm. Okay. That's really good to think about because I feel like we're in a protein-crazed society. Mm-hmm. And I think especially a lot of people that would maybe even consider going on a plant-based diet, that would probably be their first concern is – well, what about protein? Like, mm-hmm. don't we need a lot of protein, Maria? <laughs> how, like, how much protein do we actually need? I have no idea. So, about protein. It's a, it's, it's a myth, basically. <laughs> it, protein Tell is important. It's, it's, it's the building blocks uh, for our body, for a lot of functions in, in our cells. We need it to grow. Uh, when you're lactating or you're pregnant or in kids, it's, it's super important. And if we like it, we might get in trouble. But... Nowadays, it's very hard to get into protein deficiency. Mm. So uh, in general, and in studies have found that Americans eat two to three times more protein than what they need. That's a lot more. That's a lot more, yes. And when they have analyzed vegan or vegetarian diets, they have found that people still reach the requirements of protein. So it is very hard to get into a deficiency. So about protein, we can talk about the quantity and the quality. So quantity would be the numbers. 
So mm -hmm. your numbers are here. Uh, the dietary guidelines suggest that you should eat between 10 and 35% of your daily calories in a diet. For I mean, Those should come from proteins, which is translated to a recommended dietary allowance of 0.8 to 1 grams per kilo per day. Of a kilogram of body weight? Uh, yes. Okay. A kilogram of body weight. Um, since we're getting into, um, I'll explain a little bit more about the quality, but since we're eating protein from a plant uh, source, okay. we're going to need to add a uh, 0.2% little more. So 20% 20, okay. 20 more, sorry, okay. of protein, just okay. because some uh, there are some anti-nutrients in plants, which at the end of the day are going to make us absorb a little bit less. Okay. But even huh. with that, uh, we're going to have enough sources and enough amounts. So we just bump to one gram for, okay. for a, normal, gram. a normal person. So one gram per kilogram body weight, which if I recall my math days, a kilogram, mm -hmm. if you take your weight and you divide it by 2.2. Yes, that's if you your, take your pounds your, divided okay. by 2.2. Okay. Yeah. So do the math, people, right now. Yeah. Your pounds. So I did mine. <laughs> so my 61 kilograms uh, end up to be in a range of 48.8 grams to... 122 if I go to the max, which is two grams per kilo. So we oh, always wow. like okay. to talk about ranges. Okay. And now we're going to get more into what athletes need. Because okay. this would be maintenance or a normal person that's trying to keep their weight. Okay. Um, and, and nothing further. Uh, so uh, if you're an endurance athlete, so you focus on long distance running, ultramarathon, cycling, endurance swimming you're going to want to tap into 1.2 to 1.4. So okay. it's not a lot more. It's just a little bit more, sure. as you can see. Uh, and if you're working on building muscle, so your strength and power, uh, weightlifting, crossfit, rowing, you're going to go up to 1.8. So one, from 1.4 to 1.8 grams per kilogram per day. Okay. So at the end of the day, it increases a little bit, uh, but it's pretty easy to reach these amounts in, in, in your food without using any supplements. Oh, wow. Okay. So give me some ideas of how to reach this. Like, what are some good protein sources, plant-based? Okay. So this, uh, so then we're going to talk a little bit about quality before we go into the sources. Let's link. Uh, so we, uh, in, in general, we worry about the so-called and between semicolons, uh, quality of amino acids or the amount of amino acids that the protein have. Amino acids are just the building blocks for proteins. They get it all together and there are nine essential amino acids. And usually in um, animal-based foods, you can find all of them together. In plant-based foods, you don't find all of them in one food, or, or there is just a couple of exceptions that have them all. But uh, the good news is that you can put two different things together, two different types of plant-based, and you will have all of these nine amino acids, and then we're good. It will be equivalent as eating a piece of, of meat, hmm, as okay. far as the quality of amino okay. acids. So. That's one of the myths that you can't have all the amino acids or that it's low quality type of protein, and it's not really true. Uh, for example, like some, if you complement a legume plus a grain, so beans and rice, uh -huh. peanut butter and bread, okay, 
uh, rice, uh, we already said rice, hummus and pita, or cooked beans and barley in a cooked bean. That is complementary, and you will have all the protein you need. Oh, so bingo. That, that would be, yeah, the first, the first advice. Try to always complement these two together. And then things that have the complete spectrum of amino acids, of essential amino acids, um, soy. So that's why soy okay, is so, so important. You know that a lot of the animals we eat, a lot of the cattle, are actually feed soy. And that's because mm. it's pretty complete. Oh, it's it's a very good so source of cut protein. Out the middleman so we yeah, we're we're soy. cutting the middleman and we're eating something that's a lot more sustainable. Uh, well, so another thing that also has all the amino, the nine essential amino acids, is buckwheat. I recommend you go oh. and try it. Then quinoa, and we have some Colorado-grown quinoa, oh, uh, as well cool. as amaranth, and there's this little thing called spirulina. <laughs> it oh. also has all the amino acids. Then hemp seeds, chia seeds, and nutritional yeast. Oh. So there are a couple of plant-based sources that yeah, they're good. That's really cool. Uh, yeah. Okay. So other, thing, other things that have uh, protein in them and a little bit less amount, but still because throughout the day, if you combine different um, sources, they will just add up, right? So as we talked, the legumes, beans, lentils, chickpeas, soy, peanuts, whole grains, nuts and seeds some fruits and vegetables have a little bit like bananas have a tiny bit of protein in them i know one really knows that weird yeah oh um and then of course if you go into the other side of a diet more of an omnivorous uh, meat should be used as a condiment of a dish if you want to use that as your protein source, so just a little bit of it. Oh, I like thinking uh, about it that way. Yeah, condiment. So it's on the side. It, it's not the star exactly. of the show. It's, it's just there, a little piece. And then you know, some wild fish or local sources, eggs, um, if you want, and some dairy that is grass-fed and organic. So okay. a lot of, like, um, happy animals oh. here. So you're saying... You're mentioning beans a lot, and mm-hmm. I know one of the um, popular diets, at least in the CrossFit world, is paleo, which is saying, like, no beans. You're saying beans are actually good for us. Yes. Okay. Beans are amazing. They are. What's so good about beans? Beans are nutritional powerhouses. <laughs> they are considered a vegetable and a protein source. So two, two in one to start. Um, they are a great source of protein. So uh, if we want to think about numbers, more or less half a cup of here brown lentils have nine grams of protein. Okay. So let's say we were talking about my requirement, my daily requirement of protein, and that was forty-eight grams. So nine of those I can get from uh, just half a cup of lentils. Wow. So. Now, to be realistic and compare it with why do we eat meat, meat is, um, it's packed with protein. So it's easy, you don't need to eat much, and that's why it has become mainstream. So you have an idea, three ounces of beef, which is the recommended amount, like the size of a a deck of of cards, Mm -hmm. Uh, that's about three ounces, that would have 22 grams of protein. Wow. Okay. So the, there's where you see the difference and why meat has become so mainstream because it's a little bit easier. Sure. 
with a plant-based diet you just have to plant a plan a little bit more but as we say as well uh, we are eating two to three times more protein that we than what we need so a lot of these plant sources tap more into what we actually need to be eating so what about a faux meat? Because I, I love the faux meats, but I'm curious about how good or bad they actually are because I'm sure they're very processed. But things like <laughs> the Impossible Burger or like the – I found some frozen fish fillets that are not actually fish and they're really tasty, but I'm sure very <laughs> processed. So is that better than eating – I know it's not you know better than actually eating a vegetable, but is mm-hmm. it better than eating meat or is it just too processed to even count? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of these products, they're called imitation meat or imitation products, should be used as transition products a little bit okay. more. So when you're coming from this world, like I was born and raised eating a omnivorous diet, and for me it was very new trying to change or transition. So here and there I would have a, a burger instead of having to eat meat just to replace that flavor. But uh, there's there's a point that these are too highly processed. They have too many ingredients. They are they have a lot of saturated fat, a lot of mm. sodium, and sometimes even more calories to its equivalent like beef patty. So we gotta be a little bit careful. Uh, I know that a lot of these industries are trying to improve their pro- their products, and if you read their nutritional labels and ingredients list, you can find there there's a lot of differences. And you can try to choose at least the better option, the best option of them. Uh, I would try to limit those. It's not that you can't have them. But try to maybe use them in desperate moments. Sure. (laughs) If you go to a barbecue to your friend's uh, house, you can bring one of those and and things like that. So choose real food first. The Mm. transition products, well, I guess the faux meats should actually be more like the transition products you said or like a Mm -hmm. special occasion type of thing Mm -hmm. but really focusing on that whole food what about protein powder because i i love some Mm -hmm. uh vegan plant-based protein powders uh so about supplements there is a couple there's a use for them uh if you are for example training very hard or doing a lot of strength um exercises and maybe you didn't have time or you want to have a quick meal, so you add that powder into smoothie. Not as a routine, it's okay. I do like the food-first approach because mm-hmm. you can definitely, and I recently discovered this, you can make smoothies with beans. <laughs> like The white oh. northern, northern beans are actually very creamy. They don't have a lot of flavor. Oh. So if you just add a cup of that, you're going to have, so we said 9 to 18 grams of protein. In wow, a cup that's of significant, beans, yeah. Plus a lot of fiber. Um, some some more good things about beans, right? So they are sustainable. <laughs> they can stay on the shelf for a very long time. You can cook a very big batch and freeze them. They freeze great. Uh, they are grown in Colorado, so you can find some mm. local, uh, probably cheaper sources. Um, they help with soil uh, health, so they give back nitrogen. And they actually oh. reduce greenhouse emissions. Oh, so cool. yeah, they are, they are very very cool. They and they they have been studied a lot. They have health benefits, like they are linked to preventing chronic diseases, with gut health, with healthy weight and longevity in general. So beans make you live longer. 
and uh, they are very cheap source if, when you compare uh, protein grams per price when you compare it with meat uh, the best option and more valuable for your pocket is actually beans and yeah so start slow I know some people might find some discomfort with them so sure. <laughs> start slow quarter cup a day could be a good start okay. quarter cup uh, yeah. and be consistent you mm. don't want to get them out and just <laughs> don't have them again for months and then try again it's not gonna go well okay uh, try things as soaking and adding some salt in that so you can soak oh, overnight you can add some salt that's a good hack yeah and you can even sprout them so all of this oh. Uh, help you digest them easier. Oh, yeah, cool. And and take lots of water. Yeah, and drink lots of water, yeah, which we should be doing anyway. Yeah, we, we, which you should be doing. So <laughs> that's really cool. <laughs> well, are there? So you mentioned the sustainability piece, obviously mm-hmm. the energy piece. Is there um, more evidence for especially athletes like anti-inflammatory type of mm-hmm. eating? Does, does it help them recover faster? Anecdotally, when I started eating plant-based. I kind of started in one of my longest, hardest years of training um, for rock climbing, mm-hmm. and I was traveling a ton. I was changing time zones, jet lag back and forth. Mm-hmm. I did not get sick that whole entire year, and that was a yeah, full awesome. year of training. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I was trying to sleep well also, but I feel like I would like to say the plant-based <laughs> really made a difference <laughs> in that, and I feel like I could train all the time and not mm-hmm. worry about it because I would recover really quickly is that any yeah. truth to plant-based eating uh-huh so there's there's some information you know we we like to trust in things that have been uh, found in studies or or work in that kind of area some things that uh, you can extrapolate a lot of the benefits but they haven't been really found in the studies so at least what we can say is that uh vegan or vegetarian diets or plant-based diets don't really improve or decrease performance. So at the very least, you're going to be at your same level. So you don't have to fear that. But they have found that, for example, time to exhaustion uh, on endurance tests, maximal voluntary contraction, or isometric endurance uh, upon adoption or of a vegetarian diet. So some functions do change. And you were talking about inflammation um athletes uh, have uh, there, there have been a couple of studies where they give a couple of athletes uh, an omnivorous diet and other group a vegetarian diet and then they measure different markers of inflammation for example crp and uh people that are in the, veget- the vegetable full diet uh, they have lower levels of this hmm. and this is just a marker of general inflammation in the body so there is some evidence of uh, of that for for vegan and vegetarian diets. Yeah, that alone is motivating because mm-hmm. especially as we age, it gets harder to recover faster and yeah. we still want to be active <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sometimes sleeping great with a newborn, sometimes not. Uh, so yeah. I feel like even if I have little sleep, I can know like <laughs> I can work out tomorrow because I ate well, hopefully. Well, yeah, I think another important part is that all of these colors that we talk about uh, come with benefits. So different nutrients and now antioxidants like carotens, uh, for example, have been fine to help reduce inflammation as well. And you can use a specific 
uh, foods, for example, tart cherries, have found to reduce post-exercise inflammation and help you to recover faster. So take a little bit of tart juice. Maybe after your training, it might help you to just go back and train quicker. And I think that's cool, too, because it's you don't need some fancy, expensive supplement. Mm -hmm. Just go eat the real food that the earth created like yeah it's already there for you yeah the, the the biggest example i can think of is beets uh so beets have nitrates and these basically help our uh, blood vessels to dilate more so there's more oxygenation so your muscles function better right yeah that totally so makes sense. you can just go eat some beets add them raw in a smoothie or cook them and eat them in a salad but you can also find like beet powder or these beet hmm. juices, <laughs> when you can just sure. go and buy the the whole thing and eat it, you're going to get a lot more benefit from eating the whole beet. You can even eat the beet leaves. Oh, like You can okay. use the whole thing. You can chop them and eat them raw in your salad. So, yeah, be careful with the supplements. There, sure. There's a couple of things you need to have in mind before getting a supplement. So really, this way of eating is not expensive, especially... Mm -mm. If you're on a budget, beans are some of the cheapest things you can buy, especially when you look at trying to buy meats, especially mm -hmm. now. I feel like all of meat has gotten so expensive. So a little more expensive, yeah. And so this is actually, like you said, good for your wallet, good for the planet, <laughs> good for your athletic recovery. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you feel like is the biggest challenge that athletes often face when they're starting to eat plant-based? So some of the things uh, is that when you're in a – plant-based diet you have to eat a lot more because a lot of these foods are less calorie dense mm. so a lot of people find it hard especially if you're an athlete and you're spending these many calories they find it hard to match that so you're gonna have to get your body used to eating a lot more and your body's gonna change you're gonna feel some gastrointestinal movement there <laughs> and you have to adapt uh, so I highly recommend doing these when you're in your off season or during mm. your rest days. Don't try to change your diet from one day to another when you are in the middle of your very important oh, season or just tip. before a competition. Mm -hmm. It might not end up well. <laughs> uh, so just eat a lot and have fun. There is, it is interesting because there is not a lot of restriction in this diet. You can eat as much as you want. And then try to tap into more calorie-dense foods. So more of the grains, the starchy vegetables, like all of these things are going to give you enough carbohydrates and energy to keep up with your exercise. Uh, we talked about protein, so that's going to be fine. <laughs> and just think about how you're going to be distributing your plate. So half of your plate has to be uh, vegetables and fruits. So if you have a harder training day, try to use more of those starchy vegetables, more of the white uh, grains which kind of goes in, into the opposite of like the whole grains mm. but when you're in a harder training day you need a quicker access source of energy oh, sure so you sense. want something that's easier to process but if if you're for example going to in a long competition uh, maybe having some of those whole grains will keep you energized for a longer period of time because those are metabolized slower don't fear fats uh, please have that extra ice cream. That's the best <laughs> way to get some more calories. Uh, and a lot of, some studies have pointed that athletes get 30% of their calories from snacks. Yes, so have I would your, say that's for sure true. Yes, have your <laughs> snacks ready. 
eat something at uh, 30 minutes before, at least 30 minutes before you're going to go train or into a competition. So you have energy, uh, meal prep, and have food handy. I am hearing you say, eat more food, eat yes. more carbs, eat more fat and <laughs> yummy nut butters. Yes. This is yes. sounds like an amazing I would I can't even call it diet when you're saying to eat so much it, food. Yeah, and you're right. I don't I actually don't love the word diet. This is more way of living and just simplifying things mm. and and yeah, just eat as much as you want. This is true. If you go to the grocery store and you're saying I'm gonna eat real food, mm-hmm. that cuts down ninety five percent of oh, your but, shopping like, yes. of the grocery store. It makes it easy. You just stick it, to the produce exactly. section. You, you're gonna take less time going through the grocery store, just focus on the groceries, uh, maybe some of the grains aisles where you find your beans and your barleys and your oats and you're you're probably good. So for some inspiration, where would be like maybe a good documentary or a book for people to read to get some ideas about plant-based eating? Okay, so some of the books I like. <laughs> the first one, I guess, it's because it's the first I read is The China Study, uh, written by Colin Campbell. Then Dr. Ornish, he has a new book that's called Undo It. I'm still reading it. And then Prevent and Reverse Heart Disease by Cadwell Esselstyn. And this is a recommendation. I actually got this as out of curiosity. It's called The College Vegan Cookbook oh. by Heather Nichols. And it's, it's actually pretty fun because it, it tells you how much the meal would cost. Oh, So I like it's like very much budget friendly. And, and a lot of these meals are very easy to cook. So if you want to learn some easy things that can be adapted even for your college dorm and everything, oh. this is a pretty interesting book. I, I got my husband out. interested in it. He's cooked a couple of meals from Oh, okay. Well. Husband approved. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, as far as documentaries, I I like the uh, Plant Pure Nation. Uh, oh, I don't think I've watched that one. Yeah, it, it's pretty good. Uh, Forks Over Knives. Yes, that uh-huh. one was one of the first ones I yeah. watched. That one's really yeah, good. Yeah, me too. And then The Game Changers. Ah, uh, yes. Um, this is a little bit older, but it's very eye-opening. Super Size Me. Oh, and That's yeah. one of the... Or that that one shocked McDonald's me. all the yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he shows you what actually will happen if you keep eating like that. And there, there's a lot of documentaries. You can get more into uh, other stuff. I, I think one of the things that has interested me more a lot about a plant-based diet is that it not only touches into food, but a lot of other areas so mm-hmm. there's politics into it there's the environment there is health so the list goes pretty big like if you want to know a little bit more about what happens with animals like cowspiracy is a good one mm. and this is a very new one called down to earth is in netflix right now oh okay. uh it's a it's like Efron is Oh yeah. yes, okay. Yeah. I'm recalling this. <laughs> and, Zach Efron. and and I don't know the name of his other friend, but his other friend is actually vegan, and he's very oh. much into showing the world like what is he doing and and how, and so they they show a lot about the planet and what's going on. So it's it's interesting as well. That's really cool. So once we decide we're gonna go this way, what are some of your best meal planning tips and hacks? Hmm. Okay, so educate yourself <laughs> so you can make an informed decision. So like read listening to this podcast. Yes, <laughs> yes. <I'm laughs> uh, read and watch and ask for help. Look for an RD that is certified 
and that has experience in plant-based diets. Get maybe. some coaching from Maria. Get, <laughs> you can get a plum coaching, of course. I, I would love that. Learn how to interpret nutrition labels. It's very important to know what you're, what you're actually buying. So now for meal prepping, uh, you can eat pretty much the same thing for a week, every day. It will be fine. So if you cook big batches of legumes and grains, I like to cook a, a big pot of beans, for example, and a big pot of rice. And so every night I have that ready. It's not going to be that much time consuming and I can make different recipes. Or you can even put them in this little Tupperware and just have your food ready. So there's mix and no match. excuses. Yeah, you mix and match. You add some other veggies, as, ma- as many colors as you can. You can buy or process yourself. There's, there, are, there is a lot of pre-cut veggies and onions, bell peppers and that. So uh, they are a little bit more expensive, but if you can buy them, great. It's going to save you time. If I'm not, saying, I love those. <laughs> yeah, I know. Pre-cut. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's going to help. Uh, if, if not, do it yourself. Just separate an amount of time, Sunday afternoon maybe, and process all of these and have it ready. Um, you can have a breakfast pre-mixed grains. I, I'll tell you my recipe because I love it. <laughs> this has... Whole wheat, barley, rye, and oat flakes. It has some nuts. I think I added walnuts this time, and I go changing some of those. Uh, the seeds, uh, I had some milled chia and flax seeds and hemp seeds. Hemp seeds are an incredible source of protein. Oh. And flax seeds are an incredible source of omega-3s, which is one, an essential um, uh, fat, essential fatty acid. Uh, then I added some uh, dried fruit for a little bit of sweetness. So you could add dates, raisins, cranberries, whichever is your favorite. And just mix it in a big, big jar and store it in the fridge. And there you have your breakfast is ready for every day. Superfood breakfast. Yeah, my, my husband pour a little it. almond yeah. milk or oat milk or something yeah. in there. Heat it mm. up for a minute and you're good. Hmm. That does sound yeah. really good. Yeah, a little bit of fruit and that's it. <laughs> So all this good food, is there a nutrition fad or a diet that mm-hmm. kind of drives you crazy? Yes. Uh, gluten-free diets. Oh, gluten-free. <laughs> Tell me more. Yeah. And I think this came a lot when I was doing my master's and we learned, uh, you know, athletes are prone to try to find a diet or max- to maximize their training and stuff. So a lot of athletes were, were getting into gluten-free diets because they heard it's just good for you, right? So gluten-free diets have a place in this world, and it's when you have been diagnosed as celiac or Mm. you have an intolerance or a sensitivity to gliadine or any of the components of wheat, rye, or barley. That's it. I mean, if if a doctor have found that and made some tests and it's true, you got to go into a gluten-free diet, find someone that can help you. It can be hard at the beginning, but... There's a bunch of foods that you can eat and you'll be fine. But when you decide to cut uh, a lot of these products, you're also eliminating a great source of uh, whole grains. So fiber, iron, and B vitamins. Hmm. And it has been, wheat has been a staple food for many, many years because it is nutritional. It's, it's a good food. So a lot of people actually feel the benefits of cutting gluten out of their diet because they are actually taking out a lot of junk food so mm, okay donuts pizza muffins even beer sure. <laughs> beer has gluten. oh i cut beer out it's all made out of barley right <laughs> so when you cut a lot of those things 
that have a lot of fat or highly processed, a lot of ingredients, um, a lot of sugar, you're going to, of course, feel better. Mm. So they're getting this benefit not because you're taking out gluten, but because they're taking out all of this junk food. Yeah, so I feel like that totally makes sense because mm-hmm. back to the real food, you could eat a gluten-free brownie mm-hmm. or a real uh, food whole wheat brownie yeah. homemade yeah. <laughs> or a black bean brownie I've, uh, there's some oh, good black bean I, brownies I love that recipe <laughs> I just I make it all the time yeah and I think that sometimes I have seen you know you compare the gluten free brownie on the shelf to the mm-hmm. regular brownie there's more sugar there's more fat there's like you have to like, add in a lot of processed stuff yeah. I mean gluten is is a great a sticky <laughs> uh, ingredient so it actually, there's a science for like making breads and stuff now with the sourdough storage and all of this. So gluten actually helps a bread once it's cooked to be cohesive and then to grow. So it's it's very hard to substitute that that stickiness. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So you have to add a lot, a lot of things. So unless you're celiac or you've been diagnosed with Mm-hmm. Or intolerance, sort. yeah. You should keep eating gluten. Just go for the whole food stuff, mm-hmm. not gluten-free brownies or yeah. or brownies in general, unless you make them out yeah. of real food. Yeah, and I mean, if you have a suspicion, maybe try to start a food diary. Write down what's making you feel bad, and mm. take that to a nutritionist or your doctor, and just figure it out. That's a great idea. I think that's a good tip for anyone, too, and that you're inspiring me is Mm -hmm. just wanting to kind of focus in and see, oh, how Mm -hmm. does the food that I eat affect my Mm -hmm. performance athletically or how much energy I have for my family or how I feel by the end of the day or Mm -hmm. even how while I'm sleeping, I think just starting to journal about that is a great idea. And then, like you said, you can kind of track how that affects you and oh mm-hmm. I drank a lot of water today oh I drank just coffee today <laughs> <laughs> yeah it gives you an idea I mean you don't have to do it forever but to start uh it gives you a great idea of where you are that's awesome mm-hmm. so if someone wants to deep dive nutrition with you mm-hmm. Maria where can they find your services uh, thy food thy medicine okay so I have a web page and the other would uh place would be my email so my web page is uh, thy-food-thymedicine.square.site. And my email is mvalares, without the O, that's in my last name. So M-V-A-L-A-R-E-Z at U-Z-Z-S dot E-D-U. And I also have an Instagram account that I'm slowly working and adding some content. I'm just trying to add fun stuff and some recipes and things like oh, that. Things great. that are actually useful. Uh, so you can find it as ViFood uh, underscore Thy Medicine together. So, Fantastic. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. check out Maria's Instagram and her website. Mm-hmm. Send her an email if you are interested yeah. in doing some nutrition coaching. Thank you so much. I learned a ton today, Maria, and you have inspired me to just go deeper diving into this plant-based world and mm-hmm. move away from – I've gotten a little into the junk food vegan <laughs> for sure. So. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. It's for sure hard. you got to invest some time and you got to go learn how to do these things, but eventually you would just – enjoy it more like eating out or buying things is is just not flavorful anymore yeah your taste buds change i can say that for sure yes you'll notice the difference (laughs) 
So, well, thank you friends for joining us. And if you like what you hear, please share this podcast with your friends and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.